The darkness raged across the magical land of Coventry, overpowering the forces of light. The twin daughters of the sun and the moon were born on Halloween, and so was a new hope. The prophecy says that only the twin witches can restore Coventry's light. But can they escape the darkness on the very day of their birth? Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy, and I am here with my friend Bree. Hello! And we are here today to talk about Twitches in our special Halloween-esque themed episode. Ooh, Ooh, spooky! Not a lot of Halloween princess movies to choose no. from, as it turns out. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of bemoaning that to Brie, because, uh, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense in a way, like, princesses don't really fit the Halloween vibe, you know? No, like the, not really. That stereotypical idea of a princess versus the spooky Halloween pumpkins, there's not a lot of crossover. Um, I feel like there should be, but there isn't. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of potential for for like a spooky princess type thing, but yeah, the number of Halloween related princess movies in my collection are pretty dang low. A lot of the times, <laughs> it's it's like there'll maybe be a Halloween themed episode of a show, but not a lot of people are putting out standalone Halloween films, I find. At least not geared towards kids, which princess movies tend to be the, mm-hmm. the target audience for. So on that note, though, we actually, we have Brie to thank for this episode uh-huh. because Brie was the one who found Twitches for me. Because I, I can't remember. I feel like it was someone told me about Twitches. Because we yeah. I was talking about trying to find a Halloween princess movie. Oh, well, if you if you ever remember, if who I they remember are... who it is, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, well, please let I... me know if it was you because if my brain <laughs> has forgotten this information for some reason, but it did hold on to the fact that there was a movie with witches who are potentially princesses. Mm-hmm. Princess witches, twin princess, princess witches. witches. Yeah, and this was one, this was one, I'm glad that you knew about this, because this one has never appeared in my searches for princess movies, and, and part of that is, if the characters aren't first and foremost being described as princesses, it's easy to overlook in searches, and this movie, the big selling point isn't that they are princesses, it's that they are twin witches, as the name would helpfully suggest. So, yeah, this one has just, just somehow flew under my radar for a good few years. It was released in 2004. This one was a Disney Channel original made-for-TV movie. And to get into the history... It stars real-life twins Tia and Tamara Maori in the titular roles. And fellow 90s kids will recognize these two from the sitcom Sister Sister, where Mm -hmm. Tia and Tamara played long-lost twin sisters who are reunited after being separated by birth. 
Wait, sister, sister was or? Yes, sister, sister was. Wait, because that's this movie as well. I yeah I hold on yeah <laughs> I, I know like, I thought I zoned out there for a second I'm like which wait which one are we talking about because I know I watched Sister Sister but it was one of those ones that I only caught random episodes of here and there yeah. I I had the same reaction I when we we briefly discussed Twitches off uh, off air last week and. I remember when I was reading through the synopsis on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, I might have seen this because this sounds familiar. But no, I, I'm pretty sure I was just remembering the plot of Sister Sister. <laughs> I guess that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I guess I can't say I have, I know them from anything else. So... I can't say if it's a running theme of of their projects, but <laughs> it seems knows? like a very a very twin esque kind of thing. Like I feel yeah, like, like that... Parent Trap kind of like what would happen if twins, but not together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Olsen twins had at least one movie that they oh, were yeah. also separated, twins separated at birth. It seems like it's just like I don't know. It's a go to conflict that oh we have twins twins are supposed to be really close. What if they were separated at birth? What if they weren't, though? Mm-hmm. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, a bit more fun history about Twitches. Twitches was filmed entirely in Toronto, Canada. And nice. as a result, many of the minor characters are played by Canadian actors. Nice. I, I couldn't find any confirmation of this regarding Twitches in particular, but given that the film was shot in Toronto, I feel that it's probably pretty likely that some of the castle scenes that we see were shot at Castle Loma, which... Oh! Yeah, which we, we have talked about previously. It's, it's a castle in Toronto that we previously saw featured in Princess, a Modern Fairy Tale. Huh. That would make sense. Hmm. Uh, Twitches is based off of a book series, also named Twitches, that was published by Scholastic Press and was written by H.B. Gilmore and Randy Reisfeld. The film is based on the events of the first book, titled Twitches, The Power of Two. And I think, uh, specifically, I think we should mention... We are we are talking about the made for TV movie in this episode, which I just wanted to highlight because the book series is 10 novels long and oh wow. Yeah. And so I imagine some of the questions we might have after watching the movie aren't potentially answered in the books. Yeah, that would that would make sense in that they they had to sort of compress a lot for a film. Yeah, so again, there might be stuff from the books that we're not privy to, but we are just basing our opinions and perceptions of the plot of the film uh, based on what we saw in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, cause I, I feel like maybe I don't know if, if the book series would have been right for when I was the right age for it. Like I, like the timeline doesn't quite because I I can't remember ever seeing the books, so they probably came out a little too late for me to be the right age for them. Yeah, it um 
the the books were published between 2001 to 2004. Oh, yeah, um, okay. So I was in like junior high, high school. <laughs> I was a little old for these ones. That makes sense. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if um, because that was probably around the age where we stopped getting the Scholastic book orders. Oh man, Scholastic book orders were so good. Yeah, I always wanted the, f- the ones with like toys. In them. <laughs> no, oh fuck yeah! Eh? Oh, then yeah. you got like like you got a book, but you also got something cool, like a like a cool toy or like a pencil set or something. Yeah, Man. that it, it was like the way to trick like you into beanie reading. baby. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I w- I would always I would always wait for the box set of Animorphs books, and I would oh, order yeah. them through the book order. And then it's like, ooh, look, I got f- like four of these fuckers at once. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's Animorphs time, baby. Yeah, I was gonna sit there flipping through the pages to see that transformation flip book action. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Those had those little things in the corner, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, ne- I never got super into Animorphs, which is a shame because I have listened to a lot of Animorphs podcast. Yeah. I... In, the, in the recent years, and I'm like, man, that book series was great. I never, I never finished the series. I think I tapped out summer around book 25 or so and not so much that i wasn't interested just that i think it just life events i stopped reading as much and then i just oh, kind of like fair. forgot about the series that's fair man animorphs was pretty cool anyway back to twitches <laughs> yes yeah, so back to twitches uh Bree, do you think it's time to go through the plot of this one? Please, let us oh. let us discuss the plot of Twitches. The darkness raged across the magical land of Coventry, overpowering the forces of light. The twin daughters of the sun and the moon were born on Halloween, and so was a new hope. The prophecy says that only the twin witches can restore Coventry's light, but can they escape the darkness on the very day of their birth? As the darkness draws near, the twin witches Apollo and Artemis are whisked away from Coventry by Karsh and Ileana, two magic users loyal to their father. Karsh and Ileana decide that the twins will be safer if they separate them. They take the newborns to the human world, where they are adopted by two different human families. Twenty-one years pass, and Apollo, now named Cameron, is celebrating her 21st birthday with her wealthy adopted family. Cameron is an artist, living the life of luxury, and is currently wrapped up with last-minute preparations for her birthday party, a Halloween party set to take place that evening. Meanwhile, Artemis, now named Alex, was adopted by a single mother who recently passed away. Alex, a would-be writer, is relegated to couch surfing after the death of her mother. Deciding that it's time for the twins to reunite, Karsh and Ileana engineer events behind the scenes so that Alex and Cameron finally meet each other. Oh, sorry. Here, I'll get it. I don't know, but isn't it cool? No! It's like, we're twins! (gasps) After some initial screaming, 
Cameron is ecstatic to find out she has a twin, while Alex is horrified. Alex tries to run away, but when Cameron grabs her hand to stop her, time magically stops. When they let go of each other, time resumes. The twins' reunion is felt by the people of Coventry. Their mother, Miranda, senses them, and urges her new husband, Thantos, to find her daughters before the darkness does. Although he doesn't believe the girls are alive, at one point suggesting that this is all a trick by the darkness itself, Thantos promises to find the twins and bring them back home safely. I know, we, we've got to go, we've got to- No. We can't risk losing you, too. I'll go. I'll find them, and I'll bring them home. Back on Earth, the twins are attempting to reconnect. Cameron shows Alex her home, and while exploring the mansion, the twins end up stumbling into a portal to another world. There they formally meet Karsh and Ileana, who explain that the twins are in another dimension, Coventry, their homeland. They also explain that Cameron has the gift of sight, while Alex has the gift of knowing. At mention of the darkness, and how the twins are prophesied to restore the light back to Coventry, Alex runs off, back through the portal to Earth. Cameron follows, and once there, Alex explains that in the middle of the night she is compelled to write stories about what she thought was a make-believe world, the land of Coventry. Cameron realizes that the drawings she makes after Dawnbreak are also of Coventry. Cameron is still happily fascinated by all of this, but Alex is horrified. What I wrote is actually true. And our father didn't just die the day we were born. He was killed. Trying to protect us. After some convincing by Cameron, Alex agrees to stick around so that they could face the darkness together. Finding Alex's old journals, they learn about the history of Coventry and its fight against the darkness. It destroyed everything in its path, devouring the light and stealing the souls of those unlucky enough to fall into its grasp. Only our parents' combined power was able to keep it at bay, until we came along. As our mother gave birth, our father, Aaron, the leader of the forces of light, was forced to fight alone, but the darkness now had the advantage it needed. Before the darkness could overwhelm him, their father imbued the twins with every drop of power he had. The darkness killed their father, but when it tried to touch the twins, their newfound power forced it back, giving Karsh and Ileana enough time to usher the twins to safety. Alex's journals also reveal that Thantos is their uncle, having married their mother sometime after the death of his brother. Alex's journals also contain various spells, giving the sisters opportunity to experiment with their magic a bit more. Soon they find themselves able to cast spells without clasping hands. Impressed with their own magical abilities, they dub themselves Twitches for Twin Witches. Unfortunately for the twins, the darkness has finally caught up with them. After nearly getting caught, they manage to escape through another portal to Coventry. Cameron is horrified by the experience and decides she no longer wants anything to do with Coventry. Whatever happened to her sisters? We're in this together? We'll always be sisters. Alex, please. We can't do this. Yes, we can. If we do it together. Don't you feel it when we put our hands together? We're invincible. No, we're not. The twins return to Earth, with Cameron resolving to go back to her old life without her sister, believing the darkness will leave her alone as she stays away. 
night descends, and Cameron's Halloween ball birthday party is in full swing. Cameron is unable to enjoy the festivities, feeling unsure about her decision to leave her sister and Coventry behind. Meanwhile, Alex resolves to solve things herself, and succeeds in opening a portal to Coventry all on her own. There she finally meets her birth mother, Miranda, and they have a tearful reunion. When asked about her sister, Alex explains that Cameron is staying on Earth. Unfortunately, we learn that Cameron is now in grave danger, as without her sister by her side, she is effectively defenseless against the darkness, who is still pursuing her. Back on Earth, Cameron's earthly parents press her as to why she's so glum on her birthday. Cameron spills the beans, revealing everything about Alex and Coventry. Cameron's Earth mum takes things with a grain of salt, revealing that Cameron told her all of this before as a little girl. He used to wake up screaming, just from the most frightening dreams, and it was always about this darkness coming to get you. Oh, and that face he used to draw. I used to draw faces. Coming out of the darkness. It's no wonder you were scared. Do you remember what it looked like? Don't ask me, it was your imagination. Although I'm sure we saved it in one of your scrapbooks upstairs. Cameron races off to find the drawing, but just as she retrieves it, the darkness interrupts the party. It pursues Cameron through her house, stealing the souls of Karshaniliana along the way. Just before the darkness can destroy Cameron, her Earth Mother bursts into the room, and the darkness is, for some reason, forced to flee. Cameron resolves to fight the darkness, and enters a portal to Coventry. In Coventry, Thantos appears before Alex and Miranda. He claims that Cameron is being controlled by the darkness, and they must seal the castle before she arrives. As it turns out, Cameron arrived five minutes ago, arriving with plenty of time to explain what she found. The drawing that Cameron did as a young child, showing the true face of the darkness, is that of Thantos. Thantos killed his brother and has been controlling the darkness the entire time. He denies it at first, but the proof is in the palm of his hands, which are each burned with the symbol of Cameron and Alex's magic. Thantos finally admits his treachery, having coveted everything his brother had. Your own brother? My brother had everything and appreciated nothing. He had the power, he had Coventry, and he had you. He then becomes one with the darkness and captures Miranda. Now the only ones standing in his way are the twins, who clasp hands as they are enveloped in shadow. Cameron comes to the realization that light isn't the opposite of darkness, it's love. The love of her earthly mother protected her from the darkness, and their father's love protected them when they were born. The two sisters begin thinking of the love in their lives, and the love manifests itself as a brilliant warm light. The light destroys the darkness, banishing it from all of Coventry. Once the darkness is gone, Karsh, Ileana, and Miranda all return. The movie ends with everybody back on Earth. Miranda meets Cameron's parents, Karsh and Ileana discuss plans to move to Earth, and Alex and Cameron share a laugh as well as a piece of birthday cake. 
Go Twitches, go Twitches. It's our birthday, it's our birthday. <laughs> So where to begin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot in this film. Um, first of all, I know Coventry is a real place in in uh, the UK. Oh, it's a real it's a real city. Mm-hmm. Do uh, they know magic which, there? I I maybe. Though I was wondering, I was like coven, like a coven <gasps> of witches, oh, Coventry. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> We're starting with the revelations. Oh, again, the revelations out quick in this episode. <laughs> oh, that's fucking Coven brilliant. Tree. God, <laughs> this is why I'm not. I'm not good at naming shit. I don't think <laughs> of this stuff. This is why the podcast is called the Bad Princess Movie Podcast because I can't think of fucking names. I mean, that's descriptive. You know what you're getting. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Coventry. <laughs> fuck, that's brilliant. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> But I also Coventry appears to be um, one castle on a rock. Yeah, it's it's a little. I I guess maybe the implication is that it was far more populated, and then the darkness came and ruined everything. Yeah, like when when at the end of the movie the darkness is defeated and it shows it like rolling away. It does show like fields and stuff. I guess so. Like mm-hmm. there's an entire kingdom. But for 21 years, Coventry has been a castle sitting on a rock. Yeah. Surrounded by the dark arts from the Swan Princess. Oh, fuck, yes. Yeah. Do we do we want to talk about that for a second? CGI. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, you know what? It's from 2000. It's a movie. It's a made-for-TV movie from 2005. So, yeah. God bless. Um, but the, it- the CG smoke is beautiful. Yeah, so the so as Bree said, the darkness in this film is basically it's it just manifests as a giant cloud of death smoke, which is exactly like the same design that we saw in uh, Swan Princess Five with the Forbidden Arts. It's just that the darkness is uh, is red instead of green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was I when I realized that I was laughing my ass off. Uh, like obviously, it's like. You know, by no means do we suggest that it was a ripoff or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, it's no, just, no, no. Yeah. It's just it's... a a coincidentally, it's just the exact same exact same design. Just this giant, yeah. g- giant death cloud. Just a plume of, of roiling smoke with yeah. red in it. It's the darkness. Yeah. I, I don't really understand what exactly the darkness is or what it I I don't know it it seems to be an extension of Thantos somehow like it exists um like we see it uh existing on its own outside of him like it's not that he is the darkness it's just that it's like some sort of power that he has yeah it's like a thing that he controls yeah also, okay, sidebar. So the twins are called Apollo and Artemis. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Apollo and Artemis are two Greek deities yeah. for the sun and the moon. Why they chose these two Greek deities 
for this when nothing else has anything to do with the deities at all. Um, I don't know. Thanatos is basically Thanatos, which is the personification of death. Yeah. So they just threw in those three names they, for no they, reason. They threw in those three names and then their birth mother is named Miranda and then oh, their yeah. birth their birth father's name is Aaron. Yeah. So y- you have like Miranda and Aaron being two very like normal names and then yeah. you have a- Apollo and Artemis and then Thantos. <laughs> Hi, my name is Aaron and this is my brother Thantos. Oh, and then and then of course you have Karsh and Iliana. So there there's just a wide range there's, of of names. There is no logic to these names whatsoever. No. I mean, like I get the whole Apollo and Artemis thing cuz it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's the sun and the moon gods. Yeah, like that's something, but like also it's also kind of nothing because <laughs> <laughs> I guess do they yeah, well, it makes you wonder how it works. Like, do they also have knowledge of the Greek gods? Oh, in maybe the in Coventry? Coventry. Yeah, or is it just a weird coincidence that the human world also has up an Apollo and Artemis? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But anyway, sorry. Back to Thantos and his ability to control the darkness. Yeah. His his ability to control to control the big spooky black cloud, yeah. Which yeah, I don't I don't get what what exactly it is. It's an extension of Thantos, and it's said to be super powerful, like this big spooky thing that the entire land of Coventry fears. And yet we explicitly see at one point the darkness is prevented from attacking Cameron because he can't get past her front door. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah like it shows up at her house and it's just like outside they're like oh like to be fair they're like that the front door won't hold it for long but it's like it's a big spooky death cloud and it's being like stopped by this this fucking wooden front door they have really good weather sealing like I it's yes <laughs> that door is sealed oh my god <laughs> Well, because in other parts, it's just it just leaks through windows or like yeah, it just appears in places. But then also, it can't get through that door. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's like they they made it too powerful. They they <laughs> they wanted it to be super powerful because that's super super spooky. But then they're also like shit. How do we make it believable that it yeah. doesn't it can't attack them until the time is right that it just hasn't killed them in the intervening 21 years yeah it's it's also we're also told that it steals the souls of whomever it envelops which oh yeah you'd think that would that would result in a permanent death but after he's defeated everybody comes back to life and they're fine well i mean it steals the souls but also their whole body yeah, so it's not yeah. like their bo- their soulless bodies are left behind, uh, like um, Tara is in yeah, yeah. the Legend of Atlantis. <laughs> Just his his dead husk on the ground. Just the there. husk of a body. Um, yeah. It's it stills you completely. So it's you know maybe it 
It's I less guess that, that it steals the soul and more that it steals the whole person and then it just puts it back after. Yeah, which is very convenient for a yeah. Disney made-for-TV movie to yeah. have a big spooky death cloud but not actually have to show death in any form. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't you can't have actual bodies or, like, yeah. peril in that way. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of great, though. You just, like, see... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Th- Santos's plan is so dumb. You, it's terrible. And like, okay, the instant you see him on screen, you're like, okay, well, there's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, it's like a little, there, little there's the obvious villain. Meter goes off and you just hear the beep, beep, beep. Like, oh, yep. there it is. The villain detector. And a real easy job this time because you see all these people and then you see Thantos and he's this like, he's dressed in all black and he's doing magic and you're like, oh, well, there's the villain. He's just chilling here. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, he's married to the queen. Like he mm-hmm. he was the king's brother and now he's the king um, because he married the queen after he died. And he's definitely a good guy for sure. He's... um. No, he's just evil. You you look upon him and you're like, there he is, the villain. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just that that invisible red flag. It's just like, oh yeah, he's bad news. Yeah. It's Yeah, I I don't get I don't get his whole plan. I don't either. Like he he killed his brother. Mhm. Which is he, fucked up. He specifically he he said that he uh, he says, my brother had everything and appreciated nothing. He had the power, he had Coventry, and he had you. So he he specifically, he coveted everything that his brother had. And that's the the reasoning behind why I guess he created the darkness or he harnessed the darkness and decided to try and take over Coventry. So he he killed his brother... He attempts to kill the baby sisters to get their powers, and then he's repelled by their combined power, and they are ushered off into the human world for 21 years. And so, I guess for 21 years, Thanatos kind of settles. Like, he got two out of three on his checklist of- Yeah, two out of three ain't bad, and uh, he he just chills for a while. Yeah. At some point, he he woos and marries Miranda, presumably gets some authority as king, or at least is acting as prince consort. And and th- this is what kind of gets me, is that he, he would have been able to continue living this life had he not just left the twins alone. Yeah. Yeah. His deception would not have come to light. Yeah. Even, even if, like, the twins had come back? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had no reason to think that, like, these hours-old babies would remember that it was him in the darkness that tried to kill them. Like, they wouldn't have remembered. So even if the twins had come back and he was just like, oh, my nieces slash stepdaughters? Yeah. Um, it's so good to have you back. Welcome back, etc., etc. What What would have been wrong? What would have been bad with that? Yeah. I guess it was just the typical... The, they were my brother's children! Yeah. 
I I still want the power that they have. I want to be the most powerful. I, you know, which is just, again, it's weird. Is that he was willing to settle for 21 years, but then yeah. <laughs> I guess as soon as he finds out that they're alive, he's like, oh, what? Oh, well, I want their power. Well, because he knew they were alive is the thing. Because, like, he, he freaking, when Karsh and Ilyana pick up the the twins and take them to two different places on earth he's mm-hmm. following both of them like him the air quotes the darkness the dark scary cloud is chasing them as they're running on earth with the babies mm-hmm. so he knows they're alive and on earth and he just chills for 21 years and i guess like if he hadn't done anything i get yeah again like if he i guess I don't know, I because they, they kind of make a big deal out about when the twins are reunited, like, Miranda and everybody is able to sense them. Mm. So, I don't know, maybe, like, once they were separated and put on Earth, he couldn't track them anymore, or he lost track of them. And I guess maybe he was content with the idea that they'll never regain their power, their twin powers, or something. I don't know. I guess. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you'd, you'd think after 21 years he would have mellowed out and just been like, eh, you know. Or at not least as you... gotten a better idea. Had a, mm-hmm. had a plan. Yeah, something. Especially because I, like, I keep thinking of the shot where you see, so where Miranda senses the twins, she goes running to tell Thantos, and you see as she runs through the castle... There's a spot where there are windows and there's the darkness cloud and he's just kind of floating about outside, like, I guess just doing a prowling. Um, <laughs> just chilling back there. Yeah, just hanging out. So I guess the darkness cloud for 21 years has just been, like, hovering over the castle, um, just, like, waiting for an opportunity to do what exactly, who knows. Um, meanwhile, Thantos is just, like, doing his, his thing. Um yeah i don't know i guess again it's just like what were you doing if if the end goal (laughs) like did he just like every so often he's just like oh i'll just i'll just have the darkness like float around the castle just so that i feel important every time i look outside the window i i'm so and i realize this is not a thing that would have been like important to the story or useful to the narrative in any way whatsoever but 21 years is a long time for um, just a castle on a rock to be existing. I wonder what, like, the day-to-day life was. Like, what were they doing? Yeah. it's. I'm, I'm curious about that, even though I realized, like, that didn't need to be in the movie and it wouldn't have enhanced the movie. But boy, am I curious. <laughs> it's, yeah, especially because we don't see any other, aside from Karsh and Ileana, like, you see some random background servants when uh, Miranda and Santos are talking on occasion. Yeah. But otherwise, you don't see any other citizens of Coventry. So it feels like a very empty world. And I guess whether that's the implication of the darkness has swallowed everybody outside the castle up. I, or, oh. I guess, yeah. Which that would be great as a servant if you're like, oh, like everybody outside the castle is sucked up into the death cloud, but I still have to fucking empty the chamber pots. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Queen Miranda. (laughs) Cool. 
Good to know cool. this is how it is. Good to know that even in times of war and apocalypse, we still have a servant cast. Great. Thanks. What a magical land Coventry is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do... I do really like um, the implication because Santos is his his guilt is proven when they take off his gloves and you see the the burn marks of the twins' magic symbols on each palm. Oh yeah, because because each twin has either a sun or a moon pendant for Apollo mm-hmm. and Artemis. Yeah, because they're the sun and the moon twins. So yeah, he's got like the the imprints of their their pendants burned into his palms. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really like the the idea that apparently in 21 years, he never took off his gloves in front of Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Damn. He's got some gnarly confusing. hands in there. Yeah. Which is very... Because they were married, so he never... Did they not... <laughs> it was dark. I guess. You could only like, take off the gloves when it was dark. Yeah, or like... Or the gloves like, stayed on. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh their, my god. Their marriage was very kind it's of... weird. Con- yeah. It's, it's a weird detail that it doesn't seem like it actually amounted to anything. No. It's, I mean... Yeah, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't get it. I thought it, I was like, is it a royalty thing? Like, the king yeah. dies, so you marry the king's brother. But no, they seem to be actually, like... Like, she gives him a good old smooch at one point. Like, they're, air quotes, in love. Yeah, like, there's some kind of affection that she shows to him. Um, but, like, once his treachery is revealed, he's basically dead to her. Yeah. And I was kind of less questioning... There's no tears shed there. Yeah, so yeah, like like kind of like you, I was sort of left questioning like was this a marriage of convenience? Did she not really, you know, care for him or did she genuinely fall was she supposed to have fallen in love with him at some point? Like I I don't I I'm assuming yes, but also uh. Yeah. It's it's just kind of weird because it's I, again, it's like why why bother to mention that they're married? Um, I don't it's, know. It's not as if it's a misdirect. Like you're supposed to think that he's their birth father, only for there to be a reveal later that he's actually their uncle, because we find out that their dad is dead before we find out that Santos and Miranda got married. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe it's so that like. You're supposed to trust him as a character, but like, you see him and instantly you know he's the bad guy. Like it's it's not ambiguous. He's in yeah. the Disney black and purple. He is he is <laughs> clearly the villain. Yeah, and um, and every time you see him, he's always like trying to convince Miranda that the twins are either dead or that they're working with the darkness, and just like all of these things to like try and like convince her not to look into things. Yeah, so like, I feel like it was supposed to be like, oh, he's her husband, and they love each other, so he clearly can't be a bad guy. But it's like, uh, it didn't work. Didn't work, yeah. guys. Yeah, they definitely, they didn't really, 
they didn't really plan it through. I, I wish that if <laughs> if anything, it would have been kind of neat if during that final confrontation that she, that like there was just something more to the confrontation between him and Miranda that like she calls him out or just well, something. She kind, kind of, of does. She's like, I thought we were in this together. I thought we were working together. And he's like, I can't remember what he says. I gave you back your strength. I thought we were fighting together to restore the light to our beloved land. But all the time, you were using me, draining my powers. Miranda, please. I love you. You can't repair all the lives that you've destroyed. But you will return all the souls that you have taken. Oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I guess I just wish that there was more it i guess it didn't feel like enough of an emotional punch to be worth the setup of oh they've actually been married for some undisclosed amount of time yeah yeah it was just sort of a detail that we're like oh by the way and moving on <laughs> so can we talk about karsh and iliana for a second because oh yeah they're great <laughs> oh oh no i i i didn't like them really I, I'm sorry. I liked Karsh more than I liked Eliana because she was sort of the, I'm so silly. Haha. But yeah. like Karsh is just so put upon <laughs> that I kind of appreciated him. Yeah. I, I kind of liked him. I kind of found him. I like I definitely I liked him better than Ileana. Like for the reason she said Ileana is the the wacky one of the duo. But I, I kind of didn't like him because he was very like very snarky almost like sometimes it just felt a little too snippy to me yeah that's fair that's fair can i can i share something about karsh though that yes when i saw this i was like oh fuck i can't wait to talk about this just for this single fucking factoid that i'm about to share please tell so, me this factoid about karsh did you did you did Karsh look familiar at all to you, Bree? He sure did, but I couldn't place him. Please tell me you right. you're about to tell me why I couldn't <laughs> place him, but he looked very familiar to me. So Karsh is played by Pat Kelly. He's a Canadian comedian who actually originates from Calgary, Alberta. Oh shit. Pat Kelly has been in a few TV shows, but his best-known role, at least for millennial Canadians, is that of one of the founding members of the band Nuclear Donkey, a.k.a. PJ Pat from YTV's <gasps> The Zone. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. And I saw his name in the credits, and I'm like, I don't recognize the name at all, but I know I know him. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I I did the exact same thing. I I thought I know I know him from somewhere, and I <sighs> I, I kind of had the inkling. I was like, is that PJ Pat? And it's weird. His IMDb page doesn't list his service as a YTV PJ, but Aww. I did. I googled it, and it, it according like Wikipedia lists him as PJ Pat, and 
I guess to explain in case we have any uh, yeah. non- non- non-Canadians who listen. Uh, YTV, so a, a Canadian television show aimed at kids up here. They, I don't know if they still have the zone, but it was basically I just... I think so. But it, maybe. I guess I haven't had cable TV for like a decade, so who knows? Yeah, me either. But basically growing up, um, they would have in between uh, TV shows on the zone, they would have PJs or program jockeys just kind of come on and there would just be like little skits or just little, little fun things that they would do in between shows, kind of in lieu of commercials, to just introduce the next show or there'd be contests or whatever. So there were a variety of PJs that we saw over the years. Uh, and PJ Pat was just one of them that we, I don't remember how long he was on there for, but I, I remember there was like a big, uh, like it was just a big thing when he was uh, specifically, he was searching for the next PJ because he was, I remember he, he was all alone and, and he, was trying to find a replacement for the, the oh my God. former PJ that left. And this is when PJ Sugar came on. Oh, right! PJ, it PJ was Sugar, Sugar and Pat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sugar also being the English voice for the original dub of Rini in Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Back in yes. the 90s. Yeah. Uh, nicknamed Sugar. I think her, her real name is Stephanie Lynn Beard. Um, a fact that I, I knew off the top of my head and not from Wikipedia <laughs> that I just pulled up. Uh, but yes, she was Sailor, Sailor, Sailor Mini Moon. She played Rini in uh, Sailor Moon. Yeah, she, she was also a PJ on the zone for a while. And I, I just, oh I God. specifically remember it was like, because PJ Pat was so lonely. And then finally, he finally got a, a, a friend to host the zone with. And then not too long after, he actually left himself. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, god damn it, PJ Pat. <laughs> oh my god. It was it was kind of fun seeing him in this. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was so excited just to like be 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 able to see what PJ Pat what got up to after he left the zone. I just I'm still blown away by this revelation. <laughs> I think we gotta we gotta keep this up. Have one revelation per episode, <laughs> at least one. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well. Um. What? What were we talking about before my mind was blown? <laughs> well, I guess just just Karsh and Ileana in general. So you. Oh so you, yeah. You liked them. I, there was some fun lines from them, I think. And, yeah. like, I liked Karsh being sort of put upon. I was like, yeah, all right. This yeah. Is, this is silly. But I, I appreciate it. He's definitely the more world-weary. 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 World-weary, yes. This is where th- this is where my inability to finish speech therapy as a kid rears its ugly head. Oh, no. <laughs> Christy. Put a... He's he's the more world. Re- oh fuck, he's never mind. Continue. He's the more world weary one. Yes, yeah. Of the so, of the the duo. Hmm. Yeah. So he he is again. He is kind of the more likable of the two. Which perhaps 
I, I can't quite say for certain whether or not I am just biased towards liking him better due to nostalgia. <laughs> due to the fact that he's PJ Pat. Yeah, PJ Pat. PJ Pat knows magic. It comes from an alternate dimension. Oh, shit. Everything makes sense. It it's probably where they got now. Snit, too. Oh, God, Snit. Every so every couple of years I remember Snit and I'm like, wow, what the fuck? What the f what were they showing Canadian children? If we again if we have any non Canadian millennials out there, please look up YTV the zone Snit. S N I T and just like this is this is the 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 entertainment that we had as children. This we purple I, bubblegum giant mouth. Yeah, he TV. was purple bubblegum. Yeah. Oh my god. It was it was Snit and Phil. Yeah. PJ Phil. One of one of my greatest uh greatest remorses in life is that I got an autographed postcard because I okay, this is the most nineties fucking thing I've done. Um so I drew a picture of the band Hansen and I and I I posted it to the zone and in return I got a postcard oh. of and it was autographed oh from Snit and PJ Phil. <gasps> oh my god and one of my my greatest regrets in life is that i i oh. lost it throughout the years i wish i had it back because it oh, was just like no <sighs> that's so good christy i know Damn that's it. so good oh, oh my god <laughs> oh i feel like you've even told me that story before and every time i hear it it's like a new it's a I new did. joy in my heart I well I, I I did I did you were talking about it on Twitter one day and I and I uh I I told this story <gasps> Oh yeah. And then and then yeah as you remember so PJ PJ Phil who apparently must just troll Twitter looking for mention of his name cuz I did not add him in my message he he was just like I think he posted <laughs> something about oh we'll have to we'll have to rectify that the the fact that I had lost the postcard and I was really yeah. hopeful that he was going to offer to send me a new one, but he never did. So, wait. <sighs> Come PJ, on. PJ Phil, if you're still out there, if you some reason listen to this podcast, I'm waiting. P PJ Phil, if you're listening, Christy PJ still wants that autograph. I seriously, I would hang it on my wall, PJ Phil. <laughs> PJ, PJ Pat, I would also accept one from you. Really, any of the PJs. Yeah. PJ Katie? Oh my god. Oh, PJ Katie? PJ Katie's farm? PJ Katie's farm. <laughs> oh god. So Weren't they good. just little plasticine animals that she made? Were, yeah, literally there was an episode where she made little plasticine animals and then somebody decided, oh actually let's like turn this into a, a full 20 minute uh, TV show where you, a grown woman, will just play with plasticine animals. Um, and act out little skits with them. And it was great because sometimes they would fall over and she'd have to work it into the story. Oh, Canadian television. Oh, can Canadian television. This is what in happens. The 90s. This is what happens when you've got those broadcasting standards that require Canadian content and people just go, fuck it. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> Here we're we going to have our hosts. Play with plasticine animals, and that's oh. content, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, the halcyon days of youth.
Oh, beloved. So twitches. <laughs> so twitches. <laughs> um, I think there was just, there was good, um, uh, just good little lines from Kresh Nilyana or yeah. Karsh. Yeah. Uh, like, at one point, Ileana, like, phases through a wall but takes a really long time. Because she's trying to get into uh, Alex's uh, apartment. Yeah. And so she's, like, phasing through the wall. But by the time she gets through the wall, they're already gone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's something to the tune of, like, I went through some, like, the wall was thicker than I thought. I went through some 70s wallpaper that'll scar me for life. I'm like, that's, uh, I laughed. Yeah. I had a chuckle <laughs> at that. That was good. Yeah. They're gone! Sorry? What? That was a really thick wall. Come again? I went through some 70s wallpaper that's gonna emotionally scar me for life. I do find it kind of funny that they basically, they, so they engineer the reunion of um, the twins, which basically alerts the darkness to their presence. And then after that, they kind of just follow them around, observing them from a distance, letting them do their own thing. Hanging out and watching. (laughs) Yeah. They step in every so often to reveal more of the plot when the movie deems it appropriate. But, yeah, otherwise they're just kind of, like, letting them figure shit out for themselves. Yeah. Just Which hanging of, out in the background. It kind of seems unfair that they kind of sprung the whole reveal onto the twins when they could have realistically each one... Because the darkness only comes after the twins once they are together. So Karsh and Ileana could have separately gone to the twins, been like, Hey, by the way, you have a long-lost twin... Also, you're a witch from another dimension. Uh, You're a princess witch from another dimension. And there's a big spooky cloud that is going to come after you once you reunite with your twin. But we need that to happen so that you could defeat the evil cloud. And then maybe they do a bit of magic to prove that they are magic and they're not just bullshitting. Yeah, because Karsh and Ileana are both like, Oh, we, we can do magic also... But it's like it's weaker in your dimension or whatever. But they can yeah. still like disappear and reappear and make portals and and do that sort of thing. So it's like it wouldn't have been hard to prove if you just made a portal or phased through a wall. Yeah, yeah. And then that way you wouldn't have had to thrust these twenty-one-year-olds into this. I guess this twenty-one-year-old war with the darkness and expected them to yeah. solve shit. <laughs> Within a single day. Within the day. Because, like, they meet in the morning, and then by the evening, they have defeated the darkness. Yeah. Which is absolutely fucking bonkers to realize. I yeah. Can't... I kind of forgot that until the end of the movie. And the, and then you, when you see it's, oh, it's Cameron's birthday party. Because then you remember, oh, shit, that's right. This was, this started with her parents giving her birthday cake for her breakfast. And then she met her, yeah, yeah, met her sister, found out she's a this, this is all in a single day. Holy crap. That's a lot for one day. This this is could only work with them being 21 years old. Oh, God, yeah. As a 31-year-old person, like, there was a day last week where I woke up with a sore neck, and I spent the entire day with a sore neck, and I was just ruined the entire day. 
And these these 21-year-olds had to, had to fucking reunite with a long-lost sister, defeat an evil cloud, be witches, all in, a, all in like a span of not even a full day, like 12 hours. Holy I'm, shit. I'd need a nap halfway yeah. through that day. Like, I could not. That's not. Nope. <laughs> if they, if Karsh and Liliana appeared to me, I'd just be like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. I just slept weird, I guess. I can't today. I can't today. Look. I literally it's... can't. I had a I had a long day or a long week at work. I put a heating I pad had a on deadline. it and everything. I'm just I can't. I can't today. Does it have to be today? Come on. Does it have to be today? Can like can we do this Saturday? Actually, I was just like... gonna like I know it's my birthday, but like I was just gonna relax and like I was gonna order a pizza and just chill. And like watch movies with some friends. Yeah. That's um, like the that's the other difference between twenty one year old birthday has a giant party with all of her friends. Oh god, then, yeah. Yeah. If if they came to them with thirty one year olds, they'd be like, Oh, I'm just like I really wanted just to order pizza by myself. It's just I got I I'm not I just wanna relax, yeah. man. You can't, you can't come to me. Also, like, if you needed me to do stuff that was stressful, you need to remind, you, like, you need to let me know a week ahead of time so I, like, save some internal energy in reserve for the thing. Because otherwise, if I've planned to just spend the day doing nothing, then that's what I have energy for that day. That is, that is my God-given right as a 31-year-old to be able to refuse the the bullshit of life just been like no i'm not dealing with this i'm 31 i don't have to deal with this anymore it's my I'm birthday too old for this it's my birthday i'm too old for this imagine having energy <laughs> oh god oh I hope I hope some twenty one year olds listening to this podcast and they're just thinking, Oh Jesus Christ, what happens in ten years? <laughs> Don't worry, it's not it's not that bad. It's just that you're tireder. <laughs> yeah, this this is just the point this is the point at life where like because people people talk about how, oh, you hit your thirties and then everything is downhill and you laugh it off, but it's like, oh no. Oh no, I they mean were it's right. not. No, we shouldn't be doomsaying. Thirties are okay. It's just, you know I mean sleepy I, a little. But you it's know, down, it's, it's still good. Downhill. It's all downhill. It's not downhill. Christy, it's, it's downhill. fine. We can't go on an existential spiral in the middle of this episode talking about twitches. Brie, it's Halloween. This is the perfect time to go on a fucking existential spiral. It's the spookiest thing to happen in our lives. Aging! It's terrifying! <laughs> the true horror of Halloween! Ooh, your body is getting older! Ooh! Your body can't move the way it used to! <laughs> God! Anyway, we should probably talk about the twins a bit, eh? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well, what did, what did you think of them? I mean, 
I don't know how to... The dialogue in and characterization in this film, a lot of it feels like I wrote it in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, like, the one sister, Cameron, is like, oh my god, I just love shopping. And like, oh my god, <gasps> my favorite store is having a sale. Eee! Like... Yeah. That that sort of level of like characterization. And I get yeah. it's a Disney made for TV movie made for kids, but boy. Not I, a I lot th- of depth in that characterization there. Yeah. I think what it is is that they like I I believe if I remember right, because like, I, I did kind of briefly read up on the, the book series, and they were y- younger in the series. Like they, Yeah, that makes sense. So, it almost kind of feels like they, for whatever reason, they decided to bump up the age of the twins, but they kind of kept the, the maturity of the dialogue the same, like as a younger teen. Because, yeah, yeah. Some, of the, some of the stuff, even like when they like, even the name Twitches, like, when they come up with, like, the, like, oh, twin witches, we're Twitches. That that doesn't really feel like something that a 21-year-old would. No. Yeah. That would be maybe, like, a, like, a funny, like, listen, I have a habit of, of smooshing words together. I portmanteau if I can. But, like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd make up a little theme song for myself with, with, Go Twitches, yeah. go Twitches. Yeah, yeah exactly. Th- th- this little chant that they do, and they have a little arm pump with it, like, go to it. Yeah. It just doesn't really feel, again, it doesn't really feel like something that a 21-year-old would do. No. But then again, maybe it is, and I just forget 10 years ago. Yeah, that's true. We're, we're looking <laughs> back on this with the lens with the hope that we weren't, like, obnoxious <laughs> 21-year-olds. But in reality, I could have been like that. I mean, I probably was, and I'm trying to repress it from my own memory. (laughs) Just don't think about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it feels like they probably should have been younger, but maybe they made them older to, uh, like, fit better with the actresses' ages. Because, like, even if they were, like, 16 or or something, that probably would feel a little closer. But mm-hmm. they definitely feel more, like, sort of mid-teens than they do 21. Yeah, yeah. Again, just that kind of a weird immaturity to, to some of their dialogue, yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, I kind of felt like Cameron kind of got the raw end of the stick in the movie because she is <laughs> yeah Ryan, the, the short end of the stick um, because she is kind of like as you said she definitely is like a little valley girl-esque in you know she's like kind of meant to be set up as the spoiled rich kid character but at the same time like she is very positive and friendly and oh yeah like she's not a mean rich kid it's, yeah. it's just a sort of, like, oblivious. Yeah. And yet, the movie sort of acts like 
she is a mean rich kid like there's certain certain times like even um like her parents there's dialogue in the beginning of the film where they they make comments about how oh every day is all about cameron as though she is very self-centered um and stuff like even one of her friends um one of her friends when when referring to alex starts asking you know insinuating that alex was vapid and shallow and cameron immediately replies that no 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 i'm the one that's vapid and shallow and i don't know i just didn't really i didn't like i could see what they're going for but i just didn't really feel like she actually was all that bad no like she just feels like a sheltered rich kid but mm-hmm. not not in like a cruel way just in a sort of oh i i might be a little shallow but that's because it's all i know kind of thing yeah exactly i i'm kind of on her side mostly because so she the darkness catches up with Cameron and Alex. At one point, it grabs Cameron, and it's only for some last-minute intervention by Alex that they manage to escape. And after that, mm-hmm. this is this is where Cameron, she, like, she is so freaked out by this that she re- rejects fighting the darkness. She just wants nothing to do with Coventry. She just wants to go back to her old life. And it's portrayed as this big mistake that she's turning her back on her sister and her homeland and i just feel bad for her because again she's a 21 year old who in the span of a day found out she has a twin sister they're both magical princess witches they're in the middle of a war and they're the only ones destined to stop the evil darkness that almost killed her a few hours before yeah like literally she almost she could have died basically Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I would freak out too. (laughs) Anyone would freak out. Yeah. And it just, it feels, it feels unfair. Like the movie is trying to frame it as her being selfish, that she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to risk upsetting her rich, privileged life. But yeah, she almost died. Like, give her a break for... Yeah, (laughs) I got her some slack here. I could just feel bad. Especially... Because earlier in the film, Alex was the one that wanted to bail. Oh, yeah. She spends a big chunk of the the first part of the film being like, "Mm, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Yeah, like after, so once they they first meet Karsh and Ileana formally for the first time, and they get told of the darkness, Alex wants nothing to do with it. um, And Cameron is the one that has to convince her to try and stay and solve things. And yet when the shoe is on the other foot... Alex has no sympathy for Cameron, and she gets very upset at the idea that her sister isn't going to be there for her. Um, mm-hmm. Which that, that was kind of an interesting scene. I kind of liked that where Alex is, she's kind of ranting to her. So, so her her friend Lucinda, who is the one that uh, has taken in Alex, they're letting her sleep on their couch. They've said, you know, stay here as long as you need. Um, Lucinda's family is, is obviously not very well off, but they're, you know, trying to accommodate their, Lucinda's friend. Um, so Alex, Alex is ranting about Cameron, um, it's, you know, talking about how she isn't there for her. 
And Lucinda points out that you're putting a lot of pressure onto a six-hour relationship. Um, yeah. And and so, I, I guess to add to this as some background, we, we saw a scene earlier with Lucinda meeting Cameron, and it was kind of clear from their interaction that Lucinda was a little jealous of how quickly the two sisters were starting to bond. Um Alex ended mm-hmm. up having to step in and basically reassure Lucinda that she's not replacing her with Cameron. Um, yeah. So Lucinda points out that Alex is putting all of his faith onto a six-hour relationship, and Alex snaps back that the only person I can ever count on in my life is me, which obviously this bothers the hell out of Lucinda, who, again, we have seen has gone to great lengths to try and help out her friend. Um yeah, like, she's like, I'm, I'm letting you live here. We've been best friends forever. I made you a cake. I've always been here for you. Yeah. She, like, she's trying to get, help oof. her get a job at the diner she works at. Yeah. And. Yeah. <laughs> she's clearly yeah. been, like, an amazing person and friend. Yeah. Immediately prior to this rant, as you said, Alex was eating a birthday cake that Lucinda baked for her for her birthday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, Alex, I know you're having some trouble, but maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it just it seemed, yeah, a little harsh. I, the so, I I did really I really liked Lucinda in this moment. You don't see a lot of her, but this is like her shining moment of the film. So they, she and Alex have a fight. Alex ends up using the bathroom to go run off to Coventry, and not realizing that she is gone, Lucinda ends up trying to apologize through the bathroom door. Um, she she yeah. says, says that she was she's sorry, that she was just being my, quote, usual petty and jealous self, and why shouldn't you be excited about finding your sister? I'm sorry it didn't go the way you wanted to. And, and yeah, and I, I really liked her. I really liked Lucinda, because... She's got every yeah. right to be annoyed at Alex for kind of snubbing everything Lucinda's family has done for her. But at the same time, Lucinda rightfully deduces that there's a far bigger issue at play here. Um, you know, Alex's newfound twin sister has seemingly ditched her and Lucinda puts aside her personal feelings to tr- apologize and try and help Alex, you know, resolve the, you know, it, it was... The, the the resolve the emotional turmoil that Alex is feeling. Yeah. Like, I really liked her character. There's a lot of sort of the the side characters in this movie, a lot of them are really good. I really mm-hmm. liked her. I liked um Cameron's adopted parents are just mm-hmm. really sweet people. Like there's just a lot of of sort of side characters in this that are that I'm like oh yeah you you're you're cool and good I like you. On on the note of her adopted parents, that was another scene that I really liked is, um, the the conversation that Cameron has with her adopted mud on Earth and when she reveals the whole you know the twin witches thing. Um, and I and I should specify during during the summary in our discussion. We distinguish between Cameron and Alex's adoptive parents and their birth parents for clarity, but the actual film does a really nice job of delineating between the sets of parents without having to use the terms adoptive or birth. 
Yeah. The twins use mom and dad for all of their parents, and it's always very clear based on context who they are referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, the film also makes a point to mention that with Alex, even though she has lost her adoptive mother, the film makes it clear that she doesn't see her birth mother as a replacement. And similarly, with Cameron, her parents are her adoptive parents. She never once refers to them as anything other than mom and dad. And at the same time, the film makes it clear that she could also meet and love her birth parents and think of them as mom and dad as well. So there, after Cameron reveals a secret about Alex and talks about Alex wanting to find their birth mother, Cameron's mom makes sure to tell her that she doesn't feel threatened by the idea of Cameron meeting her birth mom. If there's anything that I know, is that love is infinite. You can always make more when you need it. And just because you want to give some to somebody else doesn't mean that you'll take any away from me. I love you. I love you. Yeah, it's a, it's a really sweet moment. Yeah, and it's just a really nice sentiment, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they, again, they just take such great pains to... Because I have I have seen in other movies before where it's like sometimes the birth parent is sort of held up as the important parent or there's always this, you know, they're put on a pedestal. Yeah. Um. So it's nice to see a film. It's nice to see the film acknowledge that it's like you can have a relationship with both that is still very meaningful. It doesn't mean, again, like like. Um, Cameron's mom said it doesn't mean that by giving your love to one parent you're taking it from the other yeah it's just it's very sweet also her dad is just a, a he's a comic relief character mm-hmm. but he's also very very good <laughs> yeah it is it is cute because he's definitely he he's kind of the bumbling dad that embarrasses you but it is kind of nice in that he, yeah. like, there's one moment in particular when they can tell that Cameron is upset about something at her birthday party. Her yes. dad is, like, <laughs> mentally <laughs> mentally preparing himself to, like, go over there and try yeah. and, like, figure out what's wrong. And he's, like, trying to psych himself up. And then, oh, and then uh, Cameron's mom goes instead to talk about. And then he's just yeah. like, oh. He's like, I'm a kind and sensitive man. I can do this. Yeah, I've read books about this. I know what to do. And then, oh, oh, my wife is handling okay. it instead. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. So, just very good. Mm-hmm. They also have a housekeeper, and uh, she was great. A plus. Yeah. Best character in the movie. <laughs> She's in, like, three scenes. Yeah. In three scenes, one of them is her being uh, sucked up by uh, the death cloud. Yeah. But she is, she's okay. She comes back after. She's fine. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about briefly. So the twins find Alex's old journals and they take them to a diner to look through them. And they find some magic spells that Alex wrote and they decide to test out a few in the busy restaurant. So this is kind of like... Th- this is the point where I start to think these people should not be trusted with magic. Um, oh, they God. Just, yeah. A guy, a guy at the diner gets a phone call 
and starts loudly talking on his cell phone at the restaurant. So the twins decide to fuck with him by making his soda explode in his face because he had the audacity to talk too loud in a public space. Yeah. (laughs) And then the guy is so embarrassed by this that by the soda exploding in his face that he immediately leaves without finishing his food and everyone in the restaurant start apparently shares the girl's like there's applause they applaud as he leaves yeah (laughs) i felt so bad for this man he didn't even get to eat his food (laughs) he paid for that and everybody's like yeah take that loud boy no listen you put up with that loud talking man He's just living his life. He's just, some people don't know how to control the volume of their voice. And it's, and it sucks, but don't explode soda in their face. Yeah, that's just rude. Yeah. And I, the fact that they started applauding, even yeah. though it was like, in ex- to anyone watching, it was simply like an act of God. Like, yeah. <laughs> that exploded soda on this man. Yeah, like... How did that work? Or, like, I guess for the people who missed it, did they also clap? Like, did they just see, oh, the guy got soda all over his face. Ha ha, he's leaving. Ha, loser. Ha, ha. <laughs> Yay. Take <Yeah>. that. <laughs> How dare you? I just, yeah, that was, that was wild. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a couple of fun facts for you, Brie, if you'd like them. I would, because the only other thing that I had sort of noted um, was, bless these 2000s fashions. Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's like, I can't remember, did we did we actually dress like that? Oh, I did. You did? Oh, good. Oh, I did. Or I wanted to. Oh, I was never that fashionable. I was never like movie fashionable, but boy, did I, you you got that glitter eyeshadow and the feathered ends to your hair. And like, I remember the little, the little shoulder sweaters and, and the, the wide legged pants with the edges that dragged on the ground. So they were always nasty. As a short person, that's what my pants look like all the time. <laughs> well, see, they're like most pants now are are like closer fitting, so that you mm-hmm. don't have the wider the wide pant leg at the bottom to go over the shoe and then also drag on the ground. Yeah, that was a very all of my pants had that in like high school because that was the era, like the mid two thousands. Yeah, I. <sighs> Oh. I was in my own little world fashion wise back in that back in those days where I was mostly I was wearing like PJ pants all the time and like and <laughs> usually like my gym clothes on days the days that I didn't have gym I would still wear my gym uniform plus like an Avril Lavigne black and white striped armband oh yeah yes oh yeah good oh my times God. which it's so pro- many necklaces. Oh fuck yes! Oh yeah, that was oh I had, I had I had two wristwatches and I looped them together to make one oh, long shit. wristwatch and I wore that around my oh, neck. Shit. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Bree? Beautiful. Guess what? Guess what? Oh, 
They were Digimon wristwatches. What? They were Digimon wristwatches. What? They were Digimon wristwatches. Christy! <laughs> I still have them somewhere. Uh, oh, my God. It's a memento. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, my God. So glad social media wasn't. I'm so glad, like, camera phones weren't a thing in our awkward teen oh, years. Because, holy fuck, I don't want any photo evidence of this shit. Oh, my God. I used to have like I used to have some social media back then and I think it's long gone but you can there I I think I still have a couple photos of me with like I would wear every day like five or six different necklaces mm-hmm. just so many I don't know why I I would so tr- many I wanted to do that, but I didn't have a bunch of necklaces, but I had lanyards. So I would wear a bunch of lanyards instead. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Mine were mo- all, all, like, things that I got at, like, the, like, they were super cheap. Like, they were just <laughs> shitty beaded, like, elastic necklaces. <laughs> like, at, okay, at one point in this movie, in, I think it's the cost, yeah, the costume party, um, Cameron's mom is wearing like a princess outfit, but she's got like a bat necklace. Yeah. I had that bat <gasps> necklace. Oh my God. I owned it as a That's teen and I wore it fantastic. unironically every day to school. Oh my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm so glad. That warms my heart. Mm. <laughs> God. Oh, the 2000s, baby. You know, it's so funny because when we first started this conversation about fashion, I was like, I don't think I was that bad. But then as it kept going, I was like, oh, yeah, no, no. I was, I was, I was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Oh, Oh, at every point you think, man, fashion right now isn't that bad. We're not going to look back at it and think it was weird. And then you get another, like, decade and a half away and you're like, (gasps) oh. Oh no. <laughs> no. That's why it's it's great when we have when we have stuff like this with movies that it's like a time capsule of this is what this is what the hip thing for 21-year-olds to wear was. Oh god, yeah. Oh my god. It's so good. Oh god. It's the big flower earrings and like <sighs> bell-bottom pants. oh god i'm so happy it's so it's so nice to look back on but also just so funny yeah again so glad that i do not have uh a lot of photos of me in these various outfits because holy shit (laughs) that would be it's fun so long as the internet isn't making fun of you yeah 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 no one no one the, the the photos of me back then are no longer existent upon the internet, and for that I am grateful. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so th- now you had fun facts. Yes, yeah, so I, I I have a few fun facts about the movie. Not many, just a few that I thought were interesting. Um, but according to IMDb, apparently during the birthday party scene. Tia, who plays Alex, is playing Tamara's character, Cameron. 
Um, oh. I, I, th- I think this is specifically, there's a scene where Cameron is walking around with a mask on. So I think that that's presumably the scene where they they swapped because um, Tamara has a beauty mark on her cheek that Tia doesn't. Mm -hmm. So presumably the mask was to help cover that up and also probably just to sort of make it a little less obvious that they had swapped. Yeah. I I couldn't find any reasoning why they swapped. I guess maybe... T- I guess Tamara just wasn't available that day or something. Yeah, and it could be there was a conflict in schedule or mm-hmm. something was going on. Or, like, one of them had a cold. Yeah. Uh, so Cameron's house, the outside of it, is apparently the same house used uh, for Regina George in Mean Girls, which I didn't realize was also filmed in Toronto. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Mean Girls. I I haven't either. I don't think I've seen it. It doesn't no. have a princess in it, so I don't I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> Why would you see a movie without a princess in yeah. it? Yeah. If it doesn't like, have David Bowie, a princess, or a Phantom of the Opera, I'm not interested. And yet you've seen so many movies, so really. That just that just is just a testament to the number of princess movies that I have seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my last fun fact, just I while browsing the Wikipedia page for the book series, apparently in the books, Thantos is Ileana's father, making her the twins' cousin. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so obviously I, I, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, it's not a thing in the movies. Otherwise, they probably would have mentioned it at some point. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I would be very curious if if by chance somebody who is listening to this podcast has read the book series, I would be very curious to know what your thoughts are on the movie and whether or not yeah. you think it is a okay representation of the series. <laughs> yeah, because like, that's that's an interesting tidbit. It's also like, it would have muddied the movie, I guess. It would have yeah. made... Um, like, it would have made her more of a plot point than the, the twins, and that's... Or not more of, but, like, it would have made her more important to the story, whereas it didn't need that in the film kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Would have had to have, like, her emotional reaction to the fact that her dad <laughs> gets... Like, yeah. Killed? Like, yeah. Ooh, question mark? Question mark? I guess on that note, I should because we so we watched this on Disney Plus. Um, uh huh. The DVD is in the mail for all those concerned. I will be adding this officially <laughs> to my shelves. <laughs> Gotta have the DVD. Gotta have the DVD so I can add it to my hoard. Um, but <laughs> I should mention there is there is an extended ending to the film that. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, which basically, I I know, it's not, (laughs) um, just as an FYI that, uh, the, in an alternate ending, uh, this is according to IMDb, 
Miranda and the twins discover that Santos has stolen Miranda's necklace and they watch as the darkness vanish into the night sky, which is an important setup for da -da -da -da, Twitches 2. <laughs> which Christy has watched and desperately, yes. desperately oh, wants to talk about, but she can't. I I I so I haven't watched it, and that's for next year. Yeah, I so regret not finding out about Twitches earlier in the month because I would have just made it so that October was that the podcast episodes would be Twitches and Twitches Two, because <laughs> Twitches Two is so much more on brand for me from the Bad Princess movie perspective. It was just like it's just cheesier and bad, but now I have to I have to fucking wait. A full year. You have to wait. You have to, you wait have to hold year. on to those thoughts. Because it's like we can't do a October movie in November. That's bullshit. You can't wait. There's so few Halloween princess movies. You can't waste one on November. Oh, I have to ration them. So it's, it's like, <laughs> fuck. I gotta wait a full year. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. It's okay, Christy. So yes, yeah, so you look, can do it. Look. Look forward to Twitches too. Look forward you. next year. Look, yeah. Oh my god. I October twenty twenty one. I told Bree that I might just cancel the podcast just so that I could I could talk to her about Twitches too and not have to withhold it for for when we're recording. <laughs> like fuck it. <laughs> it's so hard not to talk about these things. You can't. You gotta hold it. You gotta keep it inside. I told. I told Christy to write down all her feelings about it for now, and then we can unearth those next year to yeah. see if her feelings have changed. Yeah, and 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 my reply was that maybe it would turn into a The Legend of Atlanta situation <laughs> where, for some reason, I think of the movie far more favorably. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I'm I'm excited to see it next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, you know, Twitch's, Twitch's overall, it wasn't a bad movie, it wasn't the greatest movie, but it is a serviceable movie, and especially as we mentioned how there are so few um, princess, Halloween-related princess movies, it's like, you know yeah. what, this one's an okay one to take a look at. Yeah, it's a, it's a good old watch. I imagine for a lot of people it will have more nostalgic value. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, I had never seen it. I had only heard of it. So, like, I imagine for, for some people, this must be a nostalgic watch. But even if it's not, it's a fun little time capsule of the early 2000s. Mm hmm And it's, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun little watch. Yeah, it's it's a again it's a it's a serviceable movie. It's not gonna be yeah not gonna be the highlight of your evening, but you'll be plenty entertained. Yeah. If not, please watch it because PJ Pat probably gets a residual check from the movie. <laughs> you know, and I just want to support him. Oh, I wonder what he's doing these days. Oh fuck. We should find him. Could you imagine if we got PJ Pat as a guest for Twitches too? Oh fuck. PJ Pat, if you're PJ out there. PJ Pat, if you're out there. PJ <laughs> if Pat. you're out there. Oh, we'll find you. 
Oh, that's sinister. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. <laughs> but I think that is going to be it for us for this one. Yeah. So if you would like to get some more Bad Princess movie content, we have the Twitter where we post various clips from the movies that we profile on the podcast. You can find that at Bad Princess MOV. Uh, we also have a catalog of princess movies, which you can check out at badprincessmovies.com. And lastly, if you have any comments or questions about the podcast or a suggestion for a future episode, feel free to send those in at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. And if you know of any other Halloween-themed uh, princess movies, please let us know. Because mm -hmm. then um, if we can schedule something for next year, maybe we can do Twitches 2 earlier. And so yeah. Christy can be relieved of the burden of oh, knowing Twitches oh, 2. So God. if we can find oh, yeah, something to wait. schedule for October 2021. Mm -hmm. I know. And you know what? Again, it's ridiculous, too. Because, again, it's like if we want to do a Halloween themed one every year, it's like we do have to, like, ration out, like, the... There's... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the little, the tiny movies that we know about princesses. <laughs> the, the few crumbs of Halloween. The princess scant movies. few. Yeah, I'll have to like, I'll have to find princess movies that take place during the fall and just be like, it's kind of Halloween. Look, it's Halloween-ish. It's autumn. That's kind of Halloween. That's close, right? But yeah, yes. Feel free to send in any movie suggestions. <laughs> and we shall talk to you guys next time. We shall talk to y'all next time. Have a good one, everyone. Ha happy, Halloween! happy Halloween! Ooh, spooky. You're aging as we speak. <laughs> oh, God, no. Too scary. <laughs> Too scary being a millennial. <laughs> Too scary.